0: Today, as you might be aware of, is, is Labor Day weekend, and this is a time of the year that we set aside to honor and thank the American worker, the the people that have built this country by the sweat of their brow. The first Labor Day was celebrated in September, on the fifth in 1882 in New York. And then it became a national holiday in 1894 when President Grover Cleveland signed it into law. Labor Day became a national holiday. So as we take time out to thank and honor the American worker for all that he or she has done, I'd like us also to take a few minutes to thank God. The first part of the message today, the title of the first part, is Thank God for What He Provides. You might say, wait a second, you just said it was the American worker that built all this country. Yes, that's true, but it was God that created those workers. It was God who gifted those workers. It was God who sustained those workers through difficult times in some cases. And it was God who gave them creative, innovative minds to do what we take for granted, but is really pretty amazing in this country. Do you know who did all that? God did. God did all that. And so we are, this morning, thankful for what God provides and how God has blessed this country. Did you know that God blessed America? Did you know that according to the World Bank, the average worldwide annual income of the 6.7 billion people on the planet is $5,000? Did you know that if you make over $25,000 a year, if you make over $25,000 a year, you are in the top 10% of wage earners on the planet? Did you know that if you make $47,000 a year or more, if you make $47,000 a year or more, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in America, or in the world, on average income. 99% of the people on the planet make less than you if you make $47,000 a year or more. You see, God has blessed America. Let's pause a minute right here and thank Him. Will you join me as I pray? Father, I want to just thank you for how you've blessed this country. I want to thank you, Lord, how you've used. People to build this country, and you've inspired people to build this country and honor and glorify you. And so, Lord, we just want to pause a minute and thank you and recognize that you are the one that has made all this possible. And we are blessed. And, Lord, again, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. It is my prayer that God would help us become. People that live with thankful hearts, because we have much to be thankful for. Now of late, admittedly, things have been shaky in our economy, and in the world's economy, things have been shaky. Last week, on Sunday, and on Sunday the Sunday paper, there was an article on the front page of the business section that said this. This was the title, Expecting a Bumpy Ride. The article talked about people just like you and me, just regular people that they interviewed that were worried and nervous about the future. The article In the article, five people were interviewed and they were all worried about jobs, unemployment, uncertain future, and things like that. A few days ago, I read an article that was critiquing a book. I have not read the book, but the book's title is After America... Get ready for Armageddon. Now, apparently, the premise of the book is that America is sinking fast and there's not much we can do about it. Now, the article that was critiquing the book was titled, America is not the Titanic. Listen to a quote from the first paragraph of this article that was critiquing this book. Our decline is not a done deal. This country can sail through the present storm and into favorable seas again if if enough of us will just man the pumps and not the lifeboats. This attitude seemed to be supported by a small group that I asked to meet with me about a week and a half ago. I asked these people, people in our congregation that work in the business world, in this community, I asked them to give me their read on the situation in our community and, in fact, in the world. They agreed, they, they, we all agreed, that these are challenging times, to say the least. They also agreed that these are tough times for some people to be sure but they all seem to agree in the end that we would in some way pull out of this if, using the article's way to say it, we all man the pumps or do our part to turn this thing around. Dave Ramsey, you've heard about him. He's, he's preaching this new plan. And this plan is to help turn America around economically. And his plan says it happens one person, one family, one church at a time, as one person turns their life around, as one family turns their life around, as one church changes the direction of their, the way they, cha- they use their finances, then America in, e- eventually will be impacted. And I believe that he is exactly right when we do our part, if you will, to man the pumps. So we are thankful for what God provides. But on this Labor Day, when we celebrate the American worker and the work that God has provided for many of us, we also have to, the second part of the message is, be responsible for what we receive. We need to be responsible with what God provides for us. And I believe that part of the issue in the world today part of the problem economically in the world today has something to do with the fact that God's people have not been responsible with what God has given them through the years. For some here this morning, things are tough. And there is not a lot of encouragement in your future that things are going to change anytime soon. So what can you do to prepare for what's to come? Whether it's good... Whether it's bad, whether it's indifferent, whatever the future holds economically, what can you do, what can I do to prepare? Well, this morning, I'm going to give you a formula that will absolutely work if you do it and stick to it for the rest of your lives. I'm going to give you a way that you and your family can turn things around economically and you can eventually have economic financial freedom and that stress of finances will be taken off your shoulders. This is a formula that I'm going to give you. For some here this morning, this might be the most important thing you hear all year or maybe longer. This formula, if followed religiously, Will absolutely help your family or it will absolutely help the family or the person that's the worst off here today and everyone else. Now let me stress this again. It must be followed religiously, this plan, this formula that I'm going to give you for the rest of your life in order for it to work. You can't start on this formula and then give up. You have to start on this formula and continue it for the rest of your life. Everybody get that? This formula only works for you if you're committed to it for the rest of your life. Here it is. Now, when I say this, I guarantee you, some of you are going to be disappointed. I guarantee you. But here's the formula that will absolutely work and will set you free in every area of your life. Here it is. Put God first. We could stand, have the benediction, and go out now, and if you would do that, it would change your life. Well, Pastor Chuck, you're supposed to say that. You get paid to say that. Maybe so. But I'm also trying to live it, and it has worked in my life. Brothers and sisters, you would be amazed, or maybe not, to know how many people I talk to on a, on a weekly basis throughout a year, countless people that come to me all stressed out, all frustrated on how can I change my life? How in the world am I going to get through this mess? And, and the answer in every single case is put God first. It's the answer in every case. You see, the reason that it works, well besides the fact that it's God who's running your life after that. But the reason it works is because in order for people to put God first, they have to change their priorities. And, and, and you know this. Unless you change your priorities, nothing different is going to happen. Unless you change the daily lifestyle, the daily choices that you make that have gotten you into the economic mess you're facing... Nothing will change. You see, changing your priorities is manning the pumps. Doing the same thing over and over again is manning the lifeboats and hoping for the best. As a matter of fact, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. Yet, how many of us do that? Let's get real honest and blunt this morning. All right. Some of us simply are not putting God first in our lives. Some of you are not putting God first in your lives, in all things. Now, we're talking about finances today because I hear a lot of people talking about the economic situation in our country, we read a lot about it. It was in the paper last week, and you see it on the news. You, you get frustrated with Washington and all of that stuff. So this that's what this is about. How can we turn things around financially and economically in our country? It starts with you, brothers, sister. It starts with me. You see, if we put God first, if we make a decision to put God first in all things... Including financially. If we continue, if we, if we can make the decision to put God first, you are going to see results. And you will help turn things around in your life and in the life of our country. You know, the bottom line is we're all spending too much. From Washington down to your home, we're spending too much. This small group that I met with. Um, they, they, you know, they, these were real brilliant guys. These were, I mean, top of the line smart guys. So I said, "What's the formula? I mean, how do you how do you get out of debt?" And they said, "Well, here it is: spend less than you make." <laughs> I said, "I was expecting more out of these guys. Spend more than or spend less? Spend less than you make is what I meant to say." And what actually they did say, spend less than you make. Somebody asked me, Pastor Chuck, how have you lost weight? Well, I, I eat less, exercise more. Eat less, exercise more, lose weight. Pretty simple. And financially, you can get a handle on your finances if you spend less than you make. You see, every family is responsible for what God has given them. Because we start with the premise that everything we have belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. And He gives it to us to manage for Him. And some people spend more on hidden addictions than they give to the kingdom of God. And then they say, I can't afford to give to the kingdom of God. I can't afford to live a life financially that would please God. And yet, uh, come on. You see... Put God first works because to do that, we need to change our priorities. Every family here this morning that needs to can turn things around, can make a fresh start, can hit it again, and, get, and be successful in their walk with God when they put God first. Brothers and sisters, I haven't seen anybody writing that down. So do it when you get home. Make big letters. Put a postcard. Or a, or a poster on your refrigerator, put God first. might help you not open the refrigerator that, that often anymore, too. Who knows? Because it helps in every aspect of your life. Put God first. What's that verse I asked you to throw up on the screen there, Brother Roy? What did I ask you to keep up there? Oh, good grief. That one again? That's what it's all about. Put God first. Change how you... Handle money. We get upset at our politicians, don't we? Because you know what they do? They spend, spend, spend. And they're in, they're, they've gotten us into a huge crisis. Not we call them, say don't spend any more. They still spend more. You know why? It's hard for anybody not to spend more money. Somebody say amen. It's hard for you. It's hard for politicians. This politician here wants to cut that politician's program not mine. I don't want to cut stuff. That is something that is hard to do. But something that we need to do is say, God, I'm going to give you control of my finances. I'm going to give you control what flows through my hands, blessed by you. Oswald Chambers said this, if we believe in Jesus, it is not If we believe in Jesus, it is not what we gain, but what he pours through us that really counts. John chapter 7 verse 38 says this, Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. Chambers goes on to say this, Our spiritual life cannot be measured by success as the world measures it, but only by what God pours through us. And we cannot measure that at all. Put God first. Malachi is a very famous chapter that talks about that. Basically, all Malachi is saying, that if you're not involved in tithes and offerings, you are robbing God. Why? Because everything we have belongs to Him. We're managers. Okay, Pastor Chuck, how do I do that? Well, you change your priorities. You put God first. First. It is a formula that will, it is a formula that will turn your life around. It is a promise from the Word of God. It'll turn your life around in every area if you make the decision and stick with it for the rest of your life. How in the world am I going to prepare for what's to come? Well, put God first. Start today. You see, we all want God to bless us, don't we? Yet we know that God does not bless disobedience. We know that. But yet we want God to bless us. So put God first, keep God first, and watch things turn around in your life. God wants to bless you. He wants to help you. But He can't if you're not obedient. That's what you call this morning manning the pumps. Matthew chapter 6 talks about how we handle money and our attitude about finances. It says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven or change your priorities. Put God first. It also says that we, are, we should give to the needy. This is more important to us in America who live in the top 10% of age earners in the world. Do you know there's some people, if you take away America from the equation, if you take away the Western world from the equation, the average annual income is down to $1,500 a year, the average annual income. I mean, there's some people that if they don't eat today, they die. You understand that? If they don't find food today in the garbage dumps that they live around, they die. And here we are. Look how blessed we are someday we're all going to stand before God and He's going to ask us if we knew about that. And then He's going to ask us what we did about it. Well, God, you know, I had to feed my family. I had to clothe my family. I had to get Xbox for my family. I had to have cable. I had to have the best cell phone. I had to have, I had to have, I had to have. And these people are dying. Do you know God has provided enough on this world to feed everybody and everybody can live? You know, that's exactly the way it is in this world. I don't know why America has been so blessed. I don't know why God, why God chose America to be blessed. But when we're blessed, then we, we must be responsible for what we have. So it is our responsibility to get our finances in order so that God can use us to bless the world somebody say amen by the way the the end of Matthew chapter 6 basically says don't worry (laughs) pastor Chuck you don't know my situation not probably not but don't worry put God first let him work it out let him walk you through the mess you do that by saying God I'm going to put you first I'm going to live a life that pleases you starting today and for the rest of my life. And you will, guaranteed, you will walk out of the mess that you're in today. How long will that take, Pastor Chuck, for, let's say, to get me out of debt? Well, my, my panel that I talked to, these, these, these high-thinking, wise guys that I gathered together, you know what they said? It'll probably take you as long to get out of debt as it took you to get in debt. Maybe longer. Or maybe not. But you must start today honoring God. You know what? Don't ask me to figure it out. Let God help you figure it out. Don't give up. Don't listen to what I'm saying and saying it doesn't work for me, it won't work for me. It absolutely will work for you if you start today and never give up. Here's a practical thing to consider that I ran by this panel that I talked to, and they said, you know, that sounds pretty good. A good manager, I'm anxious to say this in the second service because teenagers sit over here. A good manager of the resources that God gives him or her never lives on more than 80% of their income. Man, you should write that one down too. That's a lifesaver. You should never plan to live on more than 80% of your income. Why is that? Well, 10% goes to God, absolutely. And 10% is to be put away for a, what do you call it, a rainy day fund, a snowy day fund here in Indiana, um, perhaps an emergency fund, or partly a college fund, retirement fund, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's a fund that helps me not use my credit cards as much fund. Maybe it's that kind of fun. But you're putting 10% into the kingdom, minimum, 10% into a rainy day fund, let's say, and you live on the rest. Then you know what happens? Once you get there, the rest of your life, your goal, your joyful goal is to decrease the 80% and increase the 20%. (laughs) That's the goal. That's the fun part. I hesitate to say this because it's not about me. But I checked, and Carl and I are down to 62%. <laughs> and you know what? I'm pretty well cared for. You know, it, it is possible. It is possible to make this change in your life. I, was, I had lunch with a the, with the guy this week. I think he said he's down to 60%. I'm saying, yes, praise God. You see, because it's all his. How do you want me to use it, God? You know what my goal is? that I can get to 50-50. That's my goal. And then we'll see what happens after that. Brothers and sisters, I want to just share something with you today. This, what I'm talking about today, will change your life if you live it. you got to make the decision today and stick to it. And then this small group I met with quickly had a few other things to say that that, were interesting to me. They said, you know, what will happen probably in our economy these days or in the future probably will happen. It will be harder to find a job and harder to keep a job. Because, you know, it used to be that, that people, I mean, you could go into, into work and if you, weren't, if you were late or, you know, you didn't like the job, you could quit and find another job. That's probably not going to happen as much anymore. What's going to happen is you're going to have to work hard to keep your job by being a good, reliable worker. But why wouldn't you and I be good, reliable workers? Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, we represent Him. Why wouldn't we be the best worker in the plant? Why wouldn't we want to, want to lift up Christ when we live? Those kinds of people... Well, I was going to say, we will keep their job, for the most part, because they're good workers. Another thing they said that I thought was interesting, kind of feeds into this, is people in the future will have to live with correctable spirits. I thought that was interesting. At work, at church, at home, correctable spirits. See, people are nervous about the future. I can't tell you much about the future, but I know who holds the future. And I know... That God works in the life of a person who is obedient to Him. Period. What is it, brother, sister, that is in your life that is disobedient to God? You must choose today to put God first. To love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Put God first. In every area of your life, live according to kingdom principles. One of the the guys on, on this little panel said this, Too many people are fans of Jesus and not followers of Jesus. We need to be people that follow Jesus, walk with Him, serve Him, lift Him up in our lives. That's God's plan, and that works. Put God first. Be responsible for what God places in your hands and goes through you to bless others. That's always been God's plan. You know, when I was kind of looking at this this week, I was tempted to go in a different direction because I didn't think, I don't know what I thought. I just thought, you mean, Lord, I, I need to say this stuff again. And he said, you know what he said to me? He said, you're trying to seek, to look in the Word and find out how can people prepare for what's to come. Hello. You know what God said? Hello down there. Put me first. You know what? A pastor could stand up here. 52 weeks a year and preach the same message and it would be what you and I needed. Put God first. We're playing around. Put God first in everything, including your finances, and God will walk with you out of the mess. It might take five years. It might take ten years. But (laughs) oh... When you cross the threshold at five years or ten years, thanks be to God. Thank you, God, for for inspiring me to make that decision and to put you first for the rest of my life. Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, soul. And mind. God's been telling His people then, that, that since Deuteronomy. And it's still true today. Father, we do face challenging times, difficult times, struggling times. But Lord, help us not to listen to our enemy. Help us to listen to God. Help us to be people that put You first in all things and walk in Your way in our relationships, in our attitudes, the way we treat each other, and how we use the resources You've given us. On this Labor Day, Father, thank You for how You blessed us as a country. Thank You for how You have provided for us. We don't deserve to be in the top 10%. We don't deserve that. But it's the way it is. We thank You for that, Lord. Help us to be faithful with what we've been blessed with. In Jesus' name. Those that are helping with communion come at this time. And I want us to do this. As we receive communion, the elements today, as we have the privilege of of partaking of the Lord's Supper together, would you just make it a recommitment? A recommitment in your life to put God first? Or perhaps you haven't put God first yet in your life. Would you just commit as you receive these holy elements, this sacrament... Would you recommit or commit your ways to the Lord and trust him and put him first and say, Lord, for the rest of my life, let's bow our heads and be reverent as the elements are passed to us.